0: Today's New Testament lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared as well. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Amen, amen. Thanks be to God for the word and for the reading of the scripture welcome to week two of our sermon series reorientation we are living in times where the world is so disoriented you know what i'm saying every time you cut on social media the news all you see is hatred and evil injustice it makes you sad the world as my grandmother said is going to hell in a handbasket. That's what she used to say. But church, I believe that Jesus is calling us to be reoriented to the gospel. I believe that Jesus is inviting us to this idea that we do not need to do as the world does. So today with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will explore the parable of wheat and tares. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, thank you. God, thank you for allowing us to assemble together, God, to hear the good news. Lord, thank you for allowing me to be your messenger. Lord, I invite your Holy Spirit to rise up within me, crucify my flesh, have your way. Holy Spirit, preach this sermon the way you see fit. May the words that come out of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable to you and all of those that are listening, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit stirs us up, causes us to think, causes us to ask questions. Oh, God, set us on fire. Set us straight. Reorientate us, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 13 is known as the parable discourse. It contains seven parables in which Jesus taught both to the crowds and to the disciples. Now, Jesus uses the parables to compare something familiar to something unfamiliar, helping us to understand spiritual truth by using everyday objects and relationships. Parables explain what the kingdom of heaven is really like as opposed to our expectations of it. As I said last week, Jesus had a way of getting the listener to want to know the truth while at the same time concealing the truth from those who do not desire to know truth. As I said last week, Jesus would sometimes begin the parable like this, the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus would tell these stories about something that is not yet, but that's something that is to come. And Jesus would also cause the listener to perceive something totally different than what the world teaches. In our text today, Jesus teaches another parable. Now he's keeping up with the theme of planting and reaping. Jesus begins, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So the first thing you probably say, okay, pastor set this up for us, I sure will. Now we know that the sower, that's sowing the good seeds in the field, again, is Jesus. And those good seeds that are being sown into the field, they represent those who belong to the kingdom. Now the field, some people will say it's the church, but i would extend it larger than that the field represents the world remember john 3:16 says for god so loved the world not just the church but the world and of course the enemy that sows the seeds represents satan and the weeds are representing those that belong To the evil one. Scripture tells us that they sowed the seeds in the field, good seeds, expecting wheats. But then, when everyone was asleep, the slick, conniving enemy came in and began to sow weeds right by the seeds. Now see, let me tell you what's going on. Tares and weeds, they are identical. To the human eyesight, they look just alike. You see, the difference is that tares, they sap up nutrients. So they suck all the good stuff out. You know, weeds always choke the good stuff out of something. And also, the weeds are vulnerable to parasites and the grain that they produce is bitter and it causes one to get dizzy and feel sick and their stalks grow straight up. But unlike the wheat, the wheat, when it grows, it bows. It stops, they bow because the weight of the mature grain as it's growing is heavy and it causes the wheat to get in a humble position versus the weeds that are straight up. Sounds like people that we know, right? You have your prideful people that are straight up. It's all about them. And you have your humble people that know who they are and whose they are. But you see, the thing here is, is that the roots of both of them are so closely intertwined that it is difficult for the human eye to tell where one begins and one ends so if you uproot the weeds then you're also gonna uproot the wheat and i love what they say to their master they said master Didn't you plant good seeds in your field? So how did these wheats and weeds get in here together? I thought you, and the master said, oh yeah, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. But you see, the enemy did this. The enemy did it. You know what the enemy did? The enemy snuck in while we were asleep and wasn't paying attention. Doesn't that sound just like the devil? Think about it. The devil's not going to wear a t-shirt that says, I'm Satan, baby. Come and take a ride with me. No. The devil is going to be smooth. The devil is manipulative. The devil strikes when one isn't prepared or not looking. So they say, well, you want us to run on out here and we can just pull it up. We can go ahead and pluck up those old weeds and get them out of there with the wheat. But I love the master's respond. He says, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. So my question is, how do you destroy evil without destroying good? If they're intertwined together, how can you pull one without affecting the other? If you pull the harvest before time, you're going to destroy the wheat. Church, Jesus is talking about believers and non-believers living side by side on earth. Jesus is teaching us that we must be careful not to quickly judge people by classifying ourselves as either wheat or weeds. You see, just like the slaves that were working in the field, Our human nature is to destroy things that mean us no good. You know what I'm saying? You know, we turn people away. We exile or excommunicate with people who do not believe what we believe. You know, we replace people and stuff in our lives that are broken You know, we place labels on people who are not like us. And you know, some of us would join another gym, another club and move our membership from the church to stay away from those type of people. See, we think we're wheat, but at that moment we're weeds because we become God and we began to do the separations. But you have to be careful. What Jesus is trying to teach us is not to focus on whether you're wheat or weeds because you have to be careful because you must remember that you are a sinner too. You have to be careful because you have both wheat and weed in you. You have to be careful because both good and evil is residing in you. You have to be careful because you are not always righteous. You do not have the right to play judge. As Reverend Pat used to tell us in church, she would always say, if you didn't walk on water this morning or raise someone from the dead, then you are not Jesus and you don't have the right. Too many times we want to pick and choose. We think we know what's good and we know what's evil. Because the way someone acts today, they may not act like this later on, but we just want to automatically put them in the red zone. You're evil and I'm good. But remember what the word of God says. It says, do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be measured you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, Let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye, you hypocrites. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Church, our role is to love, extend grace. Yes, love our enemies. Remember Jesus tells us in his word, that we are to love our enemies. We have to extend grace and mercy. We have to pray for peace. We have to be the change that we want to see, but we have to do it in love. And the hardest thing is we have to be patient. I know this is hard because it hurts when you turn on the news and social media and all you see is evil in the world. I know, it bothers me. I cry, I weep, I get mad, I have so many emotions. But then church, I'm reminded that I need to go to God in prayer. See you church, we need to pray now more than ever. And to be honest, I feel like we need to pray more for ourselves than the world. And let me tell you why I say that. Because see, this is the trick of the enemy. While we're sitting over here thinking we're weak and we're so good and we see evil present, we see it on the news, then we allow that evil to ricochet on us. And so now that evil has infected us. And so now we're mad and we wanna seek revenge. You see, good people, if you're not careful, you will become just that evil thing that you despise. My grandmother always said, two wrongs do not make a right. There are too many times I hear it all the time. We pass judgment on people. We become so self-righteous and holier than thou. When we're judging people and reading people and putting people in their place. But that's not what we're supposed to do. Whatever we do, we have to do it in love. It's a way that you encounter people, it's a way that you step to evil. It's a way that you seek justice and peace and mercy. You have to be the change. You can only do that with the Holy Spirit. So I asked, I said, Lord, I said, hear me. What would this look like? You know, like just give me something Lord. And church, (laughs) this is what God gave me. This reminds me of the Looney Tune characters. You remember the characters, Ralph the Wolf and Sam the Sheepdog. <laughs> and so the Lord gave me the vision of them standing there at the time clock in the morning saying, good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Sam. And they both clock in together. And they go their separate ways. Now you have to understand, now both of them work on opposing sides, right? But in the morning, good morning, good morning, they clock in. Now Sam the sheepdog is to watch and protect the sheep from harm or in the case of Looney Tunes from Ralph. Now Ralph the coyote, his job was to try and steal the sheep for himself. And Ralph would try so many things. He was very intelligent, very brilliant. He would try all kind of gadgets. Oh, he was so smart. But everything Ralph tried to do to harm the sheep always backfired on him. He always lost. And you notice that the majority of the time, Sam does not move from his position. When you see the cartoon, Sam is just always sitting there and Ralph is running around trying to cause havoc. And every now and then, Sam shows up, doesn't say a word, maybe pop the coyote or something or snatch the sheep away from Ralph. And then the day ends. Good night, Sam. Good night, Ralph and they go home. You see two opposing sides working at the same place, both knowing their position, but yet they are both existing in this same place. This is what Jesus is saying to us. He says, no, let them live together. Yes, the weed and the weeds have to stay together. Let them grow up together and let's see. He says, and at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burnt, but gather the wheat into my barn. You see, people, you want to classify yourself, or maybe you classify others as wheat, but they may be weeds. And those you classify as weeds, they may be wheat. You do not know how people measure up when it comes to God. You do not have the authority to separate. Remember, that belongs to God. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 25, starting at verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all the angels with him, And he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at the right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he would say to those on the left, you that are cursed, depart from me until the eternal fire prepared for the devils and the angels. Jesus is talking about here the end times. Jesus is saying, no, let them grow up together. Don't you touch nothing in this field. Jesus says, I'm the final judge. Leave the judging and the separation to me. But church, there is hope. Unlike us, God allows both good and evil to live together in hope that the good will rub off on the bad and the bad will be transformed to good. Too many times we get caught up and we think if a person's bad, they're just bad. No, you used to be bad, you're still bad. Sometimes you're good. Thank God that he didn't allow anyone to uproot you yet. God does not give up on us. God gives us a chance to get our lives together, to give our lives to God, to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. God allows us to submit ourselves to the one who existed before time. God even allows the wheat, the opportunity to remain steadfast in the faith, to never lose hope, and to stay focused on wheat and not the weeds. It is not our job to go around here plucking up the weeds. It's the work of God. He said the reapers will separate the weeds first and bind them together to be burnt. That sounds familiar. In the book of Revelations, the word of God talks about the beast, the enemy, the same one that sold the weeds in his field. It talks about when that time comes, how the beast, the enemy will be bound and cast into the lake of fire. And so his little followers, the weeds that were planted his reapers will come pluck them up and bind them and cast them to be burnt. He said then the reapers will gather the wheat and store them in the master's barn. Remember when it says he will separate the sheep from the goat and those at the right hand, he says, come and receive your inheritance. Remember, Jesus tells us, do not let your heart be troubled, believe also in me. And remember he says that I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house, there are many mansions. So Jesus is telling you That I'm prepared a place for you and I will come back. So he says, Let them grow up together. See, we still got a chance. We still got a chance. Let them grow up together until harvest time. And then when I come in all my glory, my reapers, my angels, have authority, they have discernment, they know the weed from the wheat and they will pluck up and bind and gather. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let the church say Amen.
0: Amen, amen, amen.
1: Friends, uh, with it being baptismal renewal uh, weekend, we are excited to be able to celebrate that together um, as a congregation. So brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are incorporated into Christ's holy church. We're incorporated into God's mighty act of salvation and given new birth through the water and the spirit. And all of this is God's gift offered to us without price. And so through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism. And so we will now enter into that practice. Amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Adam. Brothers and sisters, I invite you now, if you will, and if you're able, we will do our renunciation of sin and profession of faith. And so I asked you, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death? We renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world and repent of our sin. Will you let the spirit use you as prophets to the powers that be? We accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, his body on earth? We confess Jesus Christ as our savior, put our whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as our Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Will you be living witnesses to the gospel individually and together wherever you are and in all that you do. We will remain faithful members of Christ's Holy Church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Will you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? We affirm and teach the faith of the whole church as we put our trust in God, the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, His only Son, and in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I invite you to just place your hands on your bowl or your bottle of water and let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for the water. God, we thank you for the water that cleanses us and purifies us God we thank you for the water and the plentiness of the water God we thank you for the refreshing of our spirit and our bodies and our souls when we receive the water God when either we were a baby a young child, a young adult, or an older adult, God. We professed our faith, God, before you and before the church, God. So, Lord, we ask you to just allow your Holy Spirit to just touch this water. And God, as we, as your children, God, we reclaim our baptism. We remember our baptism, God. May it be so and may it be well with you and everyone, God, that places the cross on their foreheads, God. May they remember their baptism and be grateful and remember the vows that they took. So when the world is disoriented, we will remember that we are to reorient ourselves in your word. So God, we thank you for this water. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Brothers and sisters, I invite you, if you will, to take the water, place a cross on your forehead, and repeat after me. Remember your baptism and be grateful. Amen.